big welcome to anyone if you're visiting us today. Uh, if you, maybe this is your returning visit, maybe you've just been coming for a few weeks, we pray that you will feel so loved and so welcomed in our church family. I believe that there is a seat at the table for everyone. We believe that. The leadership of Family Church sincerely believes that everyone has a seat at the table in God's house. And when you sit around God's table, God doesn't have any favourites. We're all his favourites. There is an equal place for everyone around God's table. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? And we just welcome you uh, if you're here for the first time today or just returning after a few visits. Um, So we're going to continue our series today. Before we do, if you're a bit chilly today, just um, draw closer to the person next to you or something like that. Or if someone looks a bit warm, just ask them if you can borrow their coat. Uh, Joseph's got a massive coat. Uh, About three people could get into that coat. Where are you? Can you stand up, Joseph? Just show us your coat. Look at that thing. Goes all the way down to his feet. Um, So if anyone wants to just come into that coat with Joseph, you'd be very welcome to. Um... Next week, we're going to get the heater on, the big diesel, um, and uh, it will warm the place up, which is good, isn't it? Uh, Because I think we're about that time. I mean, normally, we've got it on like in October, but we've kind of lasted this far. So today, I'm going to be sharing part nine of our series on uh, Family Church's Family Values. And today I'm going to be talking about we are servant-hearted. And um, so really, I just want to establish something today. We are (laughs) servant-hearted. As Christians, as brothers and sisters in God's family, we are servant-hearted people. If you're part of our church family, we want you to know that we are servant-hearted people. We value serving one another. And we value serving the purpose of God in our generation. That's what we value today. So I'm going to talk today about why we serve and how we serve. Um, I spoke last week in our Waterlooville congregation. Uh, Big shout out to our team in Waterlooville. Um, They're doing such a great job. Um, It's our newest congregation and uh, I guess apart from our online congregation, but they're, they're doing such a great job in, in Waterlooville and reaching the community there, and it's amazing to be with them. Last week I spoke about um, worship, our family value of worship, and I spoke about the, why we worship and how we worship. Today I'm going to talk about servanthood, why we serve and how we serve. Is everyone ready? Yeah. Okay. Now, if you want to smile at me, nod. Uh, say amen, Uh, you know, stand up, jump up and down, wave your hands in the air, especially when I kind of hit a good point. Um, Have we done the we are responsive one yet? No, that's coming, isn't it, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, That's you, isn't it, Sean? So I'm doing your job for you there. Um, But, you know, when you stand here uh, and if, if people look grumpy at you, it really makes it very difficult. I'm not saying you look grumpy at all. Um... But when you smile at me, it just, it just makes me feel loved. You all know I'm very insecure, don't you? <laughs> all right, words of affirmation. Uh, right, anyway, why we serve. Are you ready? Okay. John 13, 34 to 35. So the first thing I want to say is why we serve. We serve because we love one another. We serve because 
We love one another. So John 13, 34 to 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. What's Jesus saying there? Yeah, a few times, right? So he's really driving this point home here. And he says, by this all we will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So in other words, love is something that you can see, isn't it? Um, Jesus is saying, people will know that you follow me because of the love that you have for each other. So love is something that you see. I've heard Pastor Andy say before, love is a verb. It's a doing word. It's got action behind it. And we heard a couple of weeks ago that worship is, um, sorry, our love for God is expressed in our worship. And I think our love for one another, one way our love for one another is expressed is in our serving one another. Okay, so our love for God is expressed in our worship, um, but it's also our love for one another is expressed in the way that we serve each other. I also think that the way we serve each other is an expression of our love to God as well. So, so if you love God, which um, I'm talking to, I think the majority of people in the room love God, then um, we want you to be the best worshippers and we want you to be the best servants because God desires that we would serve each other because of the way that we love each other. It says in 1 John 3 verses 16 to 18, it says, By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. You know, we've talked a few times already today about Jesus giving his life for us, haven't we? By this we know love because he laid down his life for us. And we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So that's talking, when it talks about laying down our lives, it's not talking about going to the cross. Jesus went to the cross for us, the physical cross for us. But it's talking about living in a sacrificial way. It's talking about um, thinking of others before we think of ourselves. It's talking about putting other people first. Um, It's talking about serving one another. Verse 17, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So again, love is an action word. It's a doing word. It's a verb. When we love one another, we will serve one another. Amen? We serve because we don't just talk the talk. That's not the people we want to be, is it? I don't want to be someone that just talks the talk. I want to be someone that walks the walk. Our love is to be authentic. So that's the first reason we serve each other. Why do we serve? Second reason, we serve because it's the way of God's kingdom. It's the way of God's kingdom. Jesus modeled it fully when he came to this earth. From the moment that Jesus left heaven and stepped into the world, he displayed a servant heart and he showed us the way of his kingdom. And that was to serve one another. Philippians, why don't you flip over to Philippians? And then you can have Habakkuk a coffee. And then as I said to the, uh, the Forge students the other day, sorry you've heard it before, as I said to the four students the other day, it's biblical that men make the tea and the coffee because Hebrews. 
Uy. We serve because it's the way of God's kingdom. Philippians 2, 5 to 8. Here we go. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. In other words, he didn't consider it something to be held on to. But he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. We believe that great leadership starts with great servanthood. Great leadership starts with great servanthood. In family church, one of the primary qualifications for being given responsibility, leading, is serving in the mundane and in the unseen. If you can serve God in the mundane and in the unseen, then God sees you and you'll be surprised. We also see you. We're watching you. (laughs) And, you know, God wants to promote those whose heart is to serve others. They're the best leaders. If you want to do great things for God, anyone want to do great things for God? Okay. Then do great things for other people. Be great in serving other people. Mark 10, 41 to 45. All right, so this is a really funny story. Um, so James and John, um, they, they say to Jesus, in one of the translations, I think it's New Living Translation, they say, do us a favor, Lord. <laughs> Do us a favor. When, when we um, get into our future kingdom, um, can you just reserve us seats next to you, please, in the future kingdom, to the right and the left of you, Jesus? <laughs> and Jesus is like, you don't get it, do you? You don't get it. And then he says in verse 41 of Mark chapter 10, everyone okay? When the other 10 disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. It's biblical. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. The ultimate servanthood, the ultimate sacrifice Jesus paid, of course. The greatest and most impactful leader of all time, Jesus, modeled this principle of God's kingdom. So if Jesus lived this way, so do we. Amen? That's another reason why we serve is because it's the way of God's kingdom. It says in John 13, verses 12 to 14. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you're right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet you ought to wash each other's feet. When I was 15, no, 16, all right? When I was 16, I went to a prayer meeting. 
I was the only like, young person there. Everyone else was like 83. And to be precise, average age. And there was about eight of us. And the person leading the prayer meeting said, let's wash each other's feet. I was nearly sick. <laughs> they all whipped their feet out. Warts and all. I'm not exaggerating. Ingrowing toenails. Bunions. And someone thought it would be a good idea to follow the example of Jesus and wash each other's feet. I tremble every time I read this scripture. I shudder. Go, Jesus. Amen. So why we serve? We serve because we love one another. We serve because it's the way of God's kingdom. We serve because we want to use the skills and the gifts that God has given us. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship. Another translation says masterpiece. Another one says handiwork. Another translation says accomplishment. Whoo! We are his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. You're God's masterpiece. You're God's masterpiece. When you came into relationship with God through Jesus, you stepped into the purpose of God for your life, the very purpose that he had created you for. You now have the opportunity to know the purpose of God and to walk in the purpose of God for your life. Miguel shared with us at Forge the other day. Is Miguel here? Hello. Miguel shared with us at Forge the other day, um, he suddenly realized that people, humanity, were the only thing that God created with his hands. And then he breathed into mankind the breath of life. Everything else was created by his voice. But you were created with the hand of God. You're his masterpiece. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. You're his masterpiece. You have a purpose for your life. And that's the purpose that God created you for. Anything else, it's all right. But the purpose of God is where it's at. Amen? There's good works that God's designed you for. God has given you natural talents. God has given you spiritual gifts. Who here would say they're musical? I'm not going to get you to sing. Don't worry. I'm not going to get you up here to sing. I'm musical. Uh, Who here would say, um, well, who's who's started to tap into the gifts of the Holy Spirit, spiritual gifts, things like prophecy and uh, and word of wisdom and, and healings? Those are spiritual gifts that God's given you. So we have natural talents. We have spiritual gifts that we should be using to fulfill our purpose. We have acquired skills. Who has acquired some skills in life? Every hand should be up, (laughs) even if you're young. Everyone's acquired some skills in life. You don't all have certificates and qualifications to show the skills that you've acquired, but everyone has acquired skills in life. And we've all been through experiences that God will use 
for us to live out his plan for our lives. Even the bad experiences, even the terrible experiences, God can use those things um, to to bring glory to his name, to, to help other people. So the natural talents, the spiritual gifts we have, the, the skills that we've acquired, the experiences we've been through, they all create this amazing package that is you, that God wants to use for his glory. 1 Peter 4 verses 10 to 11. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory and power to him forever and ever. So we serve because we love one another. We serve because it's the way of God's kingdom. We serve because we want to use the skills and the gifts that God's given us. We serve because there is work to do for God's kingdom. I want to live out the purpose of God. I want to serve the purpose of God in my generation. Anyone know that song? I want to serve the purpose of God while I am alive. I'm not going to sing the rest because I can't remember the words. I want to give my old, come on Javon, for something that will last forever. Oh, I delight, I delight to do your will. Okay. I'm having a nice little party up here, me and Javon. Go, Javon. Woo! Yeah! Okay, so we serve because there is work to do for God's kingdom. Everyone has a work to do for God's kingdom. We don't all have the same ability, but we all have a part to play in order to accomplish what God wants us to do on the earth. Matthew 25, verses 14 to 15, says, Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two to another, one to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. Another version of the Bible says, Each according to his own ability. Then he left and went on his trip. God has given you responsibility in his kingdom according to your ability. We don't all have the same things to do for God's kingdom. We all have different abilities, all have different skills, but we all have something to do in God's kingdom. You're a significant part of the body of Christ. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 18, But our bodies have many parts, but God has put each part just where he wants it. Woo! In the body of Christ, in the local church, in this local body of believers, God has put each part exactly where he wants it. If you haven't yet discovered where God wants you, if you haven't yet discovered what part of the body you are, find out. We'll help you. We'll help you find out and we'll make sure you're in exactly the right place so that you are so fulfilled and so that the body functions effectively. That's the plan of God. Amen? Okay, good. So if the church is going to be everything that God's called her to be, every single one of us is needed to serve. Someone's getting uncomfortable now. As we do, the church grows in strength and effectiveness. Ephesians 4, 
going to read verses 11, 12, and then we're going to skip to 16, just because we haven't got all day. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying, the building up of the body of Christ. So God appointed leaders in the church to equip the saints, every single one of us, to do his work, to serve him, to serve his church. By the way, God's work isn't just about a Sunday morning. God's work is every other day of the week as well. God might have called you to business. He might have called you to education. He might have called you to the health sector. He might have called you to family. God has called each one of us differently, and every one of us, when we do what we do for the glory of God, we are ministering to God in our workplace, in our family, and so on. We are all ministers of God. But also, within the church environment, we all have a part to play. Every one of us, we're ministers within the church environment as well. So another purpose for serving is to contribute to the strength of the church. God wants his church to be an excellent and a glorious church. He wants his church to be an excellent and a glorious church. David had it in his heart to build a temple for the Lord, and that temple had to be excellent. It had to be filled with the excellence of God. It had to be glorious. Why? Because God is a glorious God. He's an excellent God. And the church... The New Testament temple of God, the dwelling place of God. God wants his church to be an excellent and a glorious church. And when people come into contact with the church and they see how excellent and how glorious the church is, they will be blown away because they will see a glimpse of God. I desire that the local church, this house here, would be a a demonstration, an expression of the glory of God. Amen? Are those children in the aisle okay over there? Are they with someone? Maybe someone could just take them to the back and see who they should be with. One of the team? Anyone? Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you very much. Fantastic. Right, next one. Why do we serve? We serve because the work that we do for God's kingdom shines God's light. The work we do for God's kingdom shines God's light. Everyone okay? Keep focused. Keep focused. When people encounter the excellent and the glorious church of Jesus, especially when the church is filled with God's presence, they get a glimpse of of the excellence of God. When people see us serving one another, When people see us serving our communities, they see God's love in action. A love that is not just words, but a love that is a demonstration of kindness and generosity in our community. There are so many ways we serve our community, so many ways to be part of this. Matthew 5, 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So what it's saying here is that when we do good works in our community, people will see those good works and they will glorify God. Amen? Isaiah 58 verse 10. 
says, feed the hungry and help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. Isn't that great? Feed the hungry, help those in trouble. Then your light will shine out from the darkness and the darkness around you will be as bright as noon. So that's why we serve. This next part is slightly shorter. You'll be pleased to know. How do we serve? We serve, number one, we serve with all of our heart. We serve with all of our heart. Deuteronomy 10 verse 12, And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Living the Christian life, young people especially, I want you to hear this. They're not just sitting in the second row there. Wherever you are, young people, living the Christian life is all in. You can't serve God in a half-hearted way. It doesn't work. It's all or nothing. The church in Laodicea was rebuked because they were lukewarm. God said, I'd rather you be hot or cold. God doesn't do lukewarm. When it comes to serving God's purpose for your life, serving his church, serving our community, let's be as full on as we possibly can. What other way is there? What other way is there? Let's just be full on with this Christian life. Amen? Don't give in to society's half-heartedness. Society is half-hearted in many areas. There's lots of great stuff, obviously, in society. But society is half-hearted in many areas. Apathetic, lazy. Don't give in to that stuff. That is not the way that God's called us to live. Amen? God's not called us to be lazy. He's not called us to be apathetic. He's not called us to just let everyone else do it. He's called us to be a people who serve him with all of our hearts. And I don't want to live any other way. Amen. Romans 12, verses 10 to 11. Let, it says, love each other with genuine affection. Take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Let's remember what Jesus said in Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. Uh, sorry, not the parable of the talents. About when he talked about, you know, I was in prison. I was sick and you came and visited me. You came and, 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 and helped me in those situations. You know, what we do for other people, essentially we're doing those things for God. That's important to remember, isn't it? It says in Colossians 3, 23 to 24. Loads of scripture today, hey? Colossians 3, 23 to 24. Whatever you do, do it heartily with all your hearts as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that from the Lord you receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. You know, serving God doesn't have just impact in this world. There isn't reward for serving God just in this world, but in the life to come, in the kingdom to come, there is great reward. There is great reward in the future kingdom as well. So first of all, how do we serve? We serve with all of our heart. Secondly, we serve with a loving heart and a good attitude. <laughs> we serve with a loving heart and a good attitude. I am talking to myself here 
as much as anyone else. We're reminded in 1 Corinthians 13 that what we do to serve the church means nothing without love. It's just like a clanging cymbal. <laughs> it just, it's just noise. It has to be the foundation of what we do for God, for his church, has to come from a heart that's filled with love. Amen? 1 Corinthians 13, verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. Now the answer, if you're serving with a bad attitude and feeling grumpy, the answer isn't to stop serving. The answer is to have a fresh encounter of God's love in your life. (laughs) If everyone stopped serving because they had a bad day, we'd have no one, would we, either? But the answer isn't to stop serving. It's, It's to get a fresh revelation of God's love in your heart and to give it everything. And to turn up with a great attitude. You know, last winter, last November actually, I was turning up for setup every Sunday morning. And, and I was starting to feel a bit weary. Not grumpy, just weary. And then God said to me, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I said, right, that's how I'm going to turn up. Filled with joy. I'm going to spread the joy. And since then, a year later, hopefully, I'm still spreading the joy. I have my off days. Don't we all, Sean? <laughs> but we're, we're, that's, that's, that's why we do it. Um, okay. I've got to skip forwards a little bit. Over the years, I've realized that it's better to have 10 people who serve out of love with a joy-filled heart and a passion for the church than it is to have 30 people who are doing it out of obligation and feel totally grumpy and have a bad attitude. <laughs> Okay, right. So um, it says in 1 Peter 4 verse 9, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. Two more things about how we serve God. We serve wherever God has placed us. So we all have a part to play. As we've said already, we all have a part to play in the body of Christ. And you've got to be faithful with what God has given you now. We read this scripture earlier, but I just want to read this verse again. Matthew 25, verse 15. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Dividing it in proportion to their abilities, he then left on his trip. And this is speaking of Jesus, what he's given to us. He's given each one of us responsibility in his house, in his church, in his kingdom. And we have to be faithful with what we've been given. In fact, there's a kingdom principle that if you're faithful with the small things, you'll be promoted to greater things. That's how it works. It's just how it works. That's how God designed it. It's the opposite to the world. Well, it's not the opposite in that particular case. But, you know, basically give yourself, give your life, lay, lay down your life and, and you'll take it up. That's, that's how it works. It starts by being faithful with the small things, faithful with what belongs to someone else. Maybe you know, maybe you know in your heart of hearts you have a greater purpose in life. You will only be able to move into that greater purpose if you're faithful to serve God with what he's put in your hand now. Faithful to serve God with the opportunities that arise now. And lastly, I wouldn't say lastly, 
It's a good word, isn't it? When you've been listening to someone talk for a long time. Lastly, we serve wherever there is need. 1 John 3 verse 17. But whoever has this world's goods, we've read this already, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? If you see a need in your church family and you have the ability to need, to, to meet that need, get on and meet that need. It's talking about food, clothing, housing, money. It's talking about friendship. But I think it also is talking about supporting what we do as a church family. Everything from our work in the community to some of the groups that we run during the week to our big gathering on a Sunday. Take a look around. Listen to what we're saying from the platform because we've said many times we need more workers in kids' church. Um, And I'm so grateful for the workers that we have. But guess what? We still need more workers in kids' church. We have huge numbers of children in our kids' ministry, 140, 150 each Sunday at the moment. We do not have enough workers. If you have children attending our kids' church, if you have children attending our kids' church, we need you to get on the team. If you don't have children attending kids' church, we would love you to get on the team. (laughs) We would love you to because we want to make it a great experience for the children and for the workers as well. You know, when, when there's a group of 45 children and three workers, it's not enough. We have to have more people in there. Set up on a Sunday morning. Can you just show those pictures that um, I asked you to put on the screen? Uh, have you got the pictures from last week? Here they are. There's, there's 10 of us. I think at, this is 7.20 last Sunday morning. Uh, after the torrential rain, we unloaded the containers first thing. And we were absolutely drenched. When we moved from that space there, there was a lot of water on the floor. (laughs) The picture doesn't do it justice. Um, There was two other people uh, as well. One of them, my son Elliot and um, John was was there. They're not in that first photo there, uh, John Grant. But um, it was pouring with rain. And you might think 10 people is a lot of people. It's not. It's not a lot of people. Um, I'll tell you what. All of this has to be set up and cleared away every Sunday. Some people don't know that. Uh, a chap said to me a few weeks ago, I didn't realise that the stage wasn't permanently there. No, we set it up every Sunday. We've got two massive freight containers out the back. It all needs setting up. It's just one small aspect of what we do. But I just wanted to show those pictures because I give these big, gu- these, these big guys, these guys a big cheer. Th- these are amazing people. Um, yeah, well done, guys. And so faithful. I'm so blessed. I'm, I'm nearly done. I'm so blessed by everyone that serves. I'm especially blessed by my family. Can I say that? I think so. My wife's amazing. She serves one in four weeks in kids' church. Uh, leads Rising Stars one in four weeks. Um, she serves on the worship team. My son, Corbin... He serves on the worship team, um, and that involves Tuesday nights rehearsal, Sunday mornings, getting here really early. Last week, he played the drums. He went to work one till six, then he came back for the worship night and played the drums again. That's my son, Corbin. I'm very proud of him. 
every Sunday, my son Elliot is here at seven o'clock setting up with, with me. Every Sunday. And he's here afterwards packing away. <laughs> and do you know what? I will do whatever is needed. If there's a need, I will step in and I will meet that need. And I just want to encourage you. We, we all have busy lives. I get that. Um, but we all have something that we can give, something that we can do to serve the house of God. Uh, it's not just about Sundays. It's about all the other bits. But I'm so grateful for the team that we have. And uh, we do so much, so much as a church in the community. We need more people involved with delivering food Tuesdays, Wednesdays and Thursdays to the community from our massive food bank ministry, from our baby basics ministry, all stuff that you've heard about recently. But there is so much need. And I just, I, I, I'm not saying any of this to make anyone feel guilty, but what I am saying is if you have a heart to serve God, if God's presence has touched your life, you probably do have a heart to serve God. Jump in. Give it everything. Give it everything. And you will see as you serve God in the mundane, in the secret things, in the small things, you will see God just bless and promote your life because that's how it works in his kingdom. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So, so if you're already walking with God today, if you're already walking with God, it's time to serve the Lord with all of your heart and not be lukewarm. Today, make the decision, whoever you are, wherever you are, make the decision that you will see the need and that you will be the answer. The guys that are just going out of the room, they're serving on our hospitality, our coffee team today. That's what they're doing. Big cheer for those guys because the coffee's fantastic. <laughs> lastly, lastly, if you haven't yet begun a relationship with God, no one moving around now, just, just listen to what I've got to say just for these last couple of minutes. If you haven't yet begun a relationship with God, if you haven't begun to walk with God, I want you to know today that God calls you his masterpiece. God created your life. You are unique. You are special. You are valued by God. You are loved by God. God designed your life and he has a purpose for your life. And when you start a relationship with God, you can know your purpose and you can walk in it. Jesus died on the cross to take the sin of the world. He died on the cross to take the sin of the world. Everything, everything that once separated you from relationship with the God who has always loved you, who has a purpose for your life, was paid for by Jesus. The punishment was taken by Jesus when he died on the cross. Jesus died, he was buried, and he rose from the dead. He conquered death. He demonstrated that there is life for eternity when he rose from the dead. And all you have to do to be forgiven by God, all you have to do is to, to receive what Jesus did when he died on the cross and took your sin is to put your faith in Jesus. So we're going to pray a prayer and it's an opportunity for you to say yes to Jesus today. 
Would you just bow your heads and pray these words? Everyone together with a big loud voice. Dear Father, I accept that I cannot live up to your perfect standard and I repent of my sin. Thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price for my sin. I believe that you forgive me and you make me new. I surrender to you and want you to be Lord of my life. So please fill me with your Holy Spirit and empower me to live a life that honors you. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Keep your heads bowed. If you prayed that prayer today, your life is about to change. You're about to walk in relationship with God. Maybe you've been away from God. Maybe you've, you, you once served him and you've drifted away. But today you prayed that prayer. You've made your peace with God. What an amazing thing it is to walk in peace with God. And I'd like you to do one more thing today with everyone's heads bowed this morning, everyone's eyes closed. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, maybe for the first time, maybe you're coming back to God today, would you just do one more thing? Raise your hand for me so I can just see who you are. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Praise God. Anyone else today? You prayed that prayer. This is your prayer. You've made your peace with God. Anyone else here today? You prayed that prayer. Wonderful. Do you know what? Let's give thanks to God for that one person that just gave their life to Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we're done today. I'm sorry that I've run over time slightly. Um, Corbin, I'm sorry. You start work at one. You better get those drums packed up. God bless you all. Enjoy the coffee hall. Enjoy time together now. And we'll see you next week.